0: Oh shit, this fucker is gonna stop me making more ads and having fun with agencies. He's like most marketing podcasts are so full of cock and nonsense and pointlessness. <laughs> what John just dropped there, he's like a real, a double humdinger in my opinion. See, if I was Cadbury, I'd be well fucked off. I have to say that makes me quite emotional because I've got a daughter that age. And um, that's lovely.
1: Welcome back, everybody. It's the Uncensored CMO. Now we are closing out 2022. Now I'm sure you are wondering right now which of the ads this year actually made any difference, and which were, let's say, not so good. Um, well, fortunately, as System One, we have the data. We know what works and what doesn't work. So I thought I'd get together the none other than our favourite marketing professor, Mr. Mark Ritson himself, and we are going to have a good old chat about ads and what works and doesn't work, and what we can learn as marketers that will make us more effective as we go into 2023. And and don't forget, everybody, if you're listening on audio, you can also watch on YouTube over at Uncensored CMO. So I'm delighted to be joined by Mark Ritson. Hello, Jono.
0: How are you? Good day and Merry Christmas. Good to see you. I'm delighted to be here. I'm Good. definitely not hungover. Everything's super clear. But being together physically, which always sounds like we're having sex, um, being together physically is great. Mate. It's a nice thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice it? thing. <laughs> what yeah. are you doing more? <laughs> Nice thing at Christmas. <laughs> a
1: little bit of Christmas sex. Right, Mark, got a few quick-fire questions for John, you. on, let's go. Biggest cock-up of 2022, what would that be?
0: I think it's going to be the World Cup, right? I mean, it's been a successful tournament, but at the commercial level, I just think how it's making FIFA look, how it's making Qatar look, even though they're spending all this money on it, how it makes football look is is probably ridiculous, right? And the sponsors as well are probably pretty pissed off and ashamed of it as well. So... From what should have been an, an astonishing opportunity if it had been done correctly in the right place, you know, wherever that might be, it's turned into the exact opposite. So you're massive yeah. cocker.
1: Now, I'm a big fan of your marketing bullshit top 10, right?
0: Yes. What are you going to
1: add to that based on 2022? There's quite a lot to, there's uh, got to be a lot of contenders, right? For making I, your top 10.
0: I, I think in the end, I have a lot of options here. I, I'm going to put full funnel marketing in there. Ooh. And the reason I'm doing it is I th- it's a, in concept, it's a good idea. And what it basically means is performance marketers actually need to realize there's there's a, there's a lot more there's to it. There's a bit above. There's a bit above. <laughs> but what I'm seeing is it doesn't play out that way. What happens is they assume it means target every stage in the funnel, which is the opposite of good strategy. So full funnel marketing in the sense we should consider all the stages, amen to that. Full funnel marketing, we should target every step along the way all the time not good. So I think that's the bullshit part.
1: Uh, what's the biggest surprise for you in 2022?
0: It's probably the, it, the significant immolation of the digital firms in terms of their, not their market position, but their valuations. We've got so used to 20 years of them being so big and so strong. And yet you look at what's happened to pretty much all of them, you know, and some of them significantly. Yeah, that's a that's that's a I'm not quite sure what it indicates yet, but it's a big surprise that I, I wouldn't have bet on that a year ago. And then and then
1: Les comes out with some data from Meta that just goes, You should spend sixty percent of your of your money on, on long term advertising.
0: Yeah, and I th- I think we might see that, right? So I yeah. think what these companies are already starting to do, might do more of is realize we're mature incumbent businesses, slightly dusty now. What we need is a bit more branding. Do you know what I mean? And that could well be the case next year. Yeah, interesting to watch. Um, Which brand has impressed you the most? I'm going to say Unilever because I give them so much shit. um, And yet they're such a good company with such good people. They are actively rewinding a lot of the purpose wank. And that takes a lot. You know what I mean? We've seen other organizations that will never do that. So I think give them their credit. They are rebalancing things in a sort of post Alan Jobe era, and so I think that's important for marketing because they led us into this naive, bonkers concept that you know purpose can make you money, which is literally a contradiction in terms. And now they're kind of leading us round the corner to somewhere a bit more realistic. And so we've got to give them credit. They're brave, and they're you know they're doing it for the right reasons. So, yeah, you know, I still think they're a great company. Just wrong. (laughs) Brilliant. All right. What's the one thing you learned this year? I probably learned the most. I'm not just saying because you're here. I probably learned more from System 1. Some of your team gave me some amazing data. But showing essentially in a nutshell that if you do really good brand building work, it has a short-term performance effect. But the reverse is not true. If you do really good short-term performance work, it's much less likely to have any impact on brand at all. And so that explains something we've all been aware of, which is companies that just focus on performance, because it still, you know, makes you money. uh, That's why they're missing out on brand. Whereas companies that have a full branded approach are getting that short term stuff anyway. So that's a nuance that the data surprised me, and it took a while to sort of see what it meant. But I that, and it makes intuitive sense once you get it, right?
1: It's a great data point. I mean, we we've, we've been working with Boots, we've been working with Audi, and actually, what they've done is is built you know consistent campaigns, and they can see the short term impact of those you know when those campaigns run in terms of activation as well. So it's uh, yeah, it pays off. And the more you do it, the the better off the short term payoff as well.
0: I suppose where you are with your data, though, you can also point to the outliers who do great short-term activation and build brand as well, and what we can learn, right? Yeah. So that, I, personally, I don't think that's that's achievable very often, and there's nothing wrong with performance for performance sake, right? But, I, yeah, I think it adds a nuance that we haven't had before. Well, this comes to the ROI point, doesn't it? If, if we're obsessed with
1: ROI and that becomes our measure, we'll keep on repeating the performance, putting more and more money into that, and we'll miss the long-term brand opportunity.
0: Yeah, I mean, an, an intriguing idea is if we can sell companies on... Long-term brand building having a short-term impact as well, it's almost a two-for-one, maybe that's an easier sell. But having said that, I think one of the nice things of this year is two things, I think. We're seeing, I think, more companies understanding the nature of brand building and what it can do. And I think it's the first time in human memory we're going into a recession with a pretty consolidated, strong argument for maintaining advertising investment.
1: Well, that brings me to my next question, actually. What's going to matter in 2023? Because it's it's a pretty unusual set of circumstances that we as marketers find ourselves in.
0: Yeah, it's stagflation, right, to use the old term that hasn't been around for 50 years. We've got stagnation of the economy, and we have this rampant inflation, at least for a bit longer. So the two challenges for next year are going to be maintaining that advertising investment because we will get through this and there are advantages as we know to maintaining ad spend for when the recession ends. And then also the one I'm most passionate about, which is marketers getting involved in pricing and price rises so that we can do proper research to get the right price. And then we can frame and communicate that price rise in such a way that it doesn't do much damage to the organization. And I don't think we'll see many. We, we've got a few examples, but we, we need more marketers that will stop talking about advertising and focus a bit on helping the companies with price.
1: Actually, damn right. Whenever in my career I've, I've lent into that, those kind of decision-making processes, mm. the credibility you get as a marketer
0: just yeah. goes off the scale. So you know. That's a key point, right? So it's a real opportunity, right? Because your company is going to have to put its prices up. They're going to do it badly because they haven't got any marketing data. You could step in. It's a pretty simple playbook. Mm. Not take charge of pricing, that's bullshit, but feed into those decisions, as you say, impress yeah. people. And the other thing about pricing, which everybody forgets, is like in my consulting career, if you do an amazing job on a company's brand, the client's really happy and he's like, you know, oh, the positioning work was great and blah blah. blah and we're still doing it. Blah, blah blah. But there's no explicit sense of what it was worth. I haven't done that much work on pricing. I've done a bit of work on pricing. When you do a project on pricing and you get it right – the company knows exactly how much fucking money you've made them, right literally exactly. and when and that's a hell of an ROI conversation when you've got your fee here and the gigantic implication of that pricing you know success. So I think for those two reasons, marketers have an opportunity here and and I don't I, frankly, I think it takes about two days to get up to speed on on standard pricing theory from a marketing point of view. We're not trying to be economists here. There's a playbook there. And if we could apply it, huge opportunity, as Yeah, say. totally.
1: I mean, compare that to comms where you've got, like, sometimes a year of development, huge spend, for loads of complexity, and then another year of MMM trying to figure out in the rearview mirror, did it work or not? And then know?
0: some other fucker yeah. takes the credit anyway. Yeah, right? exactly, and so, then you're
1: fired because it's two years later yeah, 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 and that's yeah, yeah. the average CMO.
0: So, so, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It, I, I hope we get a few marketers who are, you know, confident enough to have a go at this. It's not a precise science, and it's not like we're trying to do something better than other parts of the organization. It sounds weird, but when most companies set price, they look at their costs and they look at competitors, neither of which are actually main factors in making good pricing decisions, right? You have to understand value, and therefore you have to understand the customer that's judging the value, and only marketers could do that. And and the other point that I'm passionate about is that if you really understand pricing, the price is less important than the manner in which we frame and contextualize the price, yeah? and. I just think only marketers get that point. Everyone else is obsessed with what the price, physical price should be. Marketers are able to anchor and contextualize price. Make the actual price much less important in the process. Yeah, the other experience I've had is is everyone gets obsessed
1: about the price point and forgets the average realized price when so much of your effort goes into promotions and displays and all that kind of thing. And it's it's the end price that the consumer pays that's the most important one, not the
0: totally. And and look, if you look at OCC, OCC, the the retail consulting firm, they've for decades have had that research that shows most customers have no idea what the price of things are that they've purchased. Yeah like within 40, 50 percentage points, yeah. you know what I mean? So that tells you there's wiggle room, and that tells you that we can have an influence on what is perceived value or what isn't, you know? So, yeah, I hope we, it, it starts a, a pricing revolution. Um, I don't think it will. But, again, we don't. I mean, the key point I always make is I don't care if general marketers are useless. As long as the, the good ones that get trained and are committed and represent our industry well and work for my clients are good, it's kind of good that the rest yeah. of them are bad. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, good marketers, smart marketers will take this opportunity. Brilliant. Well, let's, let's move to another peak. So obviously we're, we're
1: here. We are in system One HQ. Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> can we talk about some ads please? You know, <laughs> so, anyway, but at least we bring some data to the, to the conversation, yes, which be, yes, which yes, would be a nice yes, refreshing yes, change. Um, so let me just for anyone listening and watching, just chat through just how we do things at system one. So <laughs> when we, when we talk about star and spike and fluency, everyone gets it. So, um, We measure we measure the emotional response to advertising and we turn that into a five star rating, right? So we 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 nick this from Uber, made it really simple, right? Is it good, you know? One one to five star. One being Absolutely zero impacts on the business whatsoever. No potential to drive any long term market share, right? Up to five star, which is significant potential. We worked out three percentage points plus, assuming excess share of voice, right? So we, you know, we 10. We, plus we, we build doing? it plus 10. Yeah. We take the ESAV, apply that, and then we the, the weight the creative
0: impacts on top of that. And I'll tell you what's interesting, right? And back to Les Burnett's point, you don't have, you, you start at one, you don't go to zero or minus one. And it backs up what Les has always said, right? You can have terrible advertising. It, he's never seen an ad ever do any damage to the brand. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just doesn't do any good, which yeah. is kind of backed up by yeah. your, your rating.
1: Exactly. That's right. Um, and then what what we find in the database, 48% of every, ads we test, now we're over 80,000 ads and counting at the moment, are one star. So predicted to have no long-term impact on the brand. So the old wannamaker quote, 100 years old now, isn't it? half my advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, we do now, but it is about half, which is interesting. Um, the and other, and one,
0: do you think they were intending to do that? Or is that, can we argue some of it is they were actually? I think it's both.
1: Yeah, I, I think looking at it, it's, it's partly that it was designed for activation. So, you know, sofa sale at the weekends, you know, come on in, but, it's you know, half event. price, right? So doing. that's doing the spike. And then you've got ads that are supposed to be doing brand building that just aren't. So I mean, this is where Orlando comes in with, you know, how the effectiveness of creative has declined, how we're focusing on what you describe as more left brain kind yeah. of. It's almost like I love a Tom Roach quote, actually, where he was doing some work for us on We call it scaling up without screwing up. Right. It's what can new brands learn from established brands? We found out it took four years for a new TV advertiser to get to the star rating of an established advertiser. So we just wrote this guide about, well, what can a new advertiser learn? At the end of it, he had this great quote, which is, you know, back in the day, we say, don't just put your TV ad on social. Well, now it's just don't put your social ad on TV because what we are finding is it's that, it's that social digital discipline of like very flat, lots of messages, you know, quick cut scenes, you know, short form. Yeah. It's that that's been using in that, in, you know, that's been taken using brand building. And and that's what our database
0: is showing is not, not as effective. Well, and it makes sense. We've passed the digital sort of half mark now where that's the dominant approach. Yeah. So now they're, dumped, as you say, dumping digital ads onto TV rather than the other way around yeah. as it used to be. That's fascinating.
1: Now, there is there is, there is hope because we are seeing, uh, you know, well, this Christmas, we'll come back to Christmas in a minute. Oh. This Christmas was the best Christmas on we've ever, we've gone back seven, eight years now, Christmas ads. It was the best by quite some margin actually this year. So there's some evidence that, you know, there's, there's a return to form. What I thought I'd do is... Well, hang on, because I've yeah. got a question for
0: you. Go on. Are we, I, I mean, I, I, there's a certain... Uh, I'd be fancy and call it métier, but you know, there's a certain style, house style or approach, of doing Christmas ads. Right, John Lewis down, right, where the orphan adopts the puppy, and 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 in the dim lighting, we hear re, you know a rehashed version of Slade or something. Are we going to reach a point where that zagging requires zigging? You know, because it's getting better. To your point. But is it getting better to a stage where we're almost generifying it and there's probably room for something else? Do you sense that? Or I,
1: if- I, I think this is almost certainly the point because actually th- this year has been such a transformation. And and what was interesting is there's a the World Cup and Christmas going at the same time. So people mm. had to make a decision, which do you do? It looks like most people in Christmas and they really leaned into storytelling, nostalgia, yeah. which actually was a pretty smart thing to do because what the data shows is in recession – Actually, what people want is escapism. They they, they yeah. want to be reminded of the things that don't change. And actually, Christmas one of those things. Christmas is perfect. Christmas is perfect. So actually, everyone got it right. But to your point, what we find is, I mean, retailers particularly got it right this year. You know, Audi, M&S, Lidl, Tesco, uh, Morrison's as well. But what we know from Orlando's work is what makes a difference to long-term share is your relative performance versus your category. Hmm. So what we notice, it's a bit like ESOV, but creatively. Yeah, creative so It's creative ESOV, exactly. What we find is almost all of them are doing five star advertising now because they're looking at well, the most successful is Audi, right? Kevin the Carrot, consistent four year five five star, and a complete and
0: year. a complete strategic invention, yeah, that kind of realized all of this. and went right, how do we how do we on top of Audi's already great performance layer, how do we how do we do a John Lewis of our own? And they did it, right? I did, I did. But that's fascinating because it, what it says is okay, it might not be a, a trend that will change. You know, it's all going to be warm and happy Christmas. But the effectiveness of that work may not be as strong because everyone essentially is it's good relative, in doing the exactly. same thing. Now, the, the interesting oh, thing but, about... But it doesn't yeah. mean they shouldn't do it because if they don't... It's now table
1: stakes. Huh. Now, the interesting thing with Audi, where I think Audi is better than John Lewis, right? John Lewis reinvents the genre every year. Yeah. They get a hit and then they get a miss. Yeah. I mean, our data would suggest they're up then they're down, they're up then they're down, but every year it's different. Now, they've created a an event around their ad, right? It's the most anticipated ad. So it's to some extent that's working for them. What Audi do is they change the ad, but they keep the keep the character, you know, Kevin the carrot, they keep the construct similar. And, and what we've seen is that, you know, we, we would say familiarity breeds contentment, actually, because year in, year out, that score goes up. Now they get a bit better at the storytelling and, and whatever, but actually it's
0: broadly. It's the cumulative you know, familiarity exactly. of the device. Yeah.
1: And, and you see that play out on social, you see it in store. And what's amazing is actually they're very unusual in that their activation ads, even their. Audi price match ads can get five star because they're leveraging all the stuff they do above the line. It's in store in terms of characters. Mm. It's you know it, it's in activation. It's in social media. They're brilliant. At, you know, literally well, nowhere Now that
0: interests me a lot. Right. So you're saying it's possible to have a short term performance campaign selling more tins of beans. Yeah. But if you use your distinctive assets, fluid devices, whatever it might fluid devices, whatever it might be. There is a possibility, if it's strong enough, that the short also does a lot of long at the same time. Yeah. Now, that's not very common, I would imagine.
1: I would say it's probably the single biggest hack. If you, if you want to connect short and long, the single biggest hack is find a fluent device that's distinctively yours and is obvious because what it, what it does in advertising right. terms is a shortcut, right? So you it's see Kevin. Re, it
0: just relights it
1: You go, Kevin, it's Audi. You feel something. All that emotion you've built it, from your long brand. It's all work. in there, yeah. My favourite one, actually, is uh, Churchill the dog. Right, so direct line, brilliant advertiser. They they'll do a thirty second, you know, Churchill on a skateboard, yeah, Ch- Churchill, brr. you know, Churchill going down a slide or something, right? But their five second version of that, which is designed for social, will be just as effective because they they've got they've got you with the dog, right? Dog on a skateboard. I remember it from the you know above the line, but I'm, I also feel the emotion because of the years of investment in Churchill.
0: Well, and it means you can slide in whatever product stuff you're trying to do. Sticking the dog at the end, and you, as you yeah. say, you're getting both done, right? Exactly. So it does even more put that emphasis on distinctive assets, uh, on creating something that a brings it to mind straight away in the ehrenberg Bass style, but also to the system one point actually enables you to put a bit, slide a bit of brand equity in there while you're also doing your exactly performance. And then you might
1: have you might have kind of scenario fluent devices like should have gone to spec savers, not you when you're hungry. Those kind of recurring ideas, you know, that that just come up, crop up in different, you know, in-store, online, above the line, right? They're also clever because it's it's just, oh, I see a poster that's been like being put upside down. You go, that's spec Specsavers. You almost don't need to
0: say it. You just see see the idea and you can associate, you know, that back to Specsavers immediately. Well, and it should work with – I mean, I'm always disappointed with this insight whenever I deliver it. But um, whenever you look at distinctiveness and codes and assets – the the king or queen of them all is the jingle, right? Or as we yes. call it, the the, the in modern pods, the Sonic brand cue, right? It smashes all the other distinctive assets, and given we know music is incredibly evocative and emotional, you would imagine that. Of all the things you could play, music would also jingles would you know huge would huge. be huge right? And I it, can, yeah, I can tell you the data on this
1: actually. So we we've done studies. I love
0: John. I just yeah. talk a load of shit. <laughs> Here is the data. And then you go. I've got. It turns out that <laughs> yeah. one's true. Oh, man. it is. Yeah. It <laughs> there, there you the Data. So <laughs> yeah, very good, John. Here
1: is one you are like. Werther's original, right? So we we were doing some testing for Werther's original. Uh, you know, beautiful scene: a dad and his daughter, you know, playing in the park, Right? You can imagine the kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very sweet, nostalgic. Leaves, yeah. 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 I mean, you don't. Yeah. Don't need to imagine too hard to imagine they created three different soundtracks one soundtrack got a three-star one got a four-star one got a five-star right it took it transformed it from an average well above average ad to an exceptional ad the interesting thing about the soundtrack is what we saw in the survey feedback was with the sad soundtrack the three-star people assumed the dad and the daughter were on a visitation day and that <laughs> the, the, the parents were divorced right
0: that's a sad it time. isn't that's it right right
1: and then in the five star ad, they assumed it was her birthday, and they're out having a party.
0: And it was just the, it same
1: was the cut. same cut, right? Different music because it changed how you felt
0: and, and the emotion and, of the system one drives yeah, the system two. Exactly, so, so it
1: changed the emotional trace, and it changed how you interpreted it. It changed the association with the brand only through the music.
0: I'm just disappointed because I thought when you said you know the three star music. It was just going to be something really inappropriate, like ac, oh, yes. AC DC, You know what I mean? Yeah, we
1: should. always well, we suggest that next time. That would be surprising. Think, you it? never yeah. know. You
0: never know. Exactly. A bit of akadaka.
1: Well, the the other thing as well. I mean, the, the classic one is Coke. Holidays are coming, right? So run for twenty five years. Is it 25
0: years twenty five? Twenty. It's twenty five years now. I was, right? I was it was
1: fifteen. And that's. Um. I mean, we invented this thing called the Coke. Oh, uh, this is another good reference point. We invented the Coke Truck Index, right? So the we, Coke we truck the Coke Truck Index, right? It's smoke, a bit like the Mac Index. In your own crack. I know. Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. But because we've got the data going back uh, at least 15 years now, we can see that that's gradually got better. It was a three and a half star; It's now five starts. Literally the same ad. Same ad. Literally. Well, tiny digital improvement. But I mean, you you wouldn't notice. So it has proven that things wear in over time as people get more familiar, creatively wear in, right, which is brilliant. Now the interesting thing about that, of course, is you listen to the radio right, or you're out of the room and it's on the t v you know exactly what it is because you've got holidays are coming, so the benefit of that jingle is incredible because it just breathes that familiarity and people in the survey go, Christmas has started because the coke I heard the coke ad on the radio that's you know it, it it's amazing. that's exact that's the power of that
0: jingle i mean I think there's two phases for coca cola who I don't rate that highly anymore right I think they're a fine company, and they did well to maintain Coke in What's a declining category, right? They deserve a bit of credit, I think, because they've got. I mean, they just going back to the to the truck is is a real sign of genius and not creating new stuff for the sake of it. But they're still not doing enough with the truck. Do you know what I mean? Like playing the old that is the start, but that looks to me like it's got legs for other things. It used to go on tour, didn't it? I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it used to it turn would seem up. Seem like an obvious, thing. yeah. And, we might and, have made that up. Was we were even we, 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 we? I we think I've
1: seen it, started. but it's a long time. But I think. Maybe ten, fifteen years ago, it turned up where I was. We'll,
0: we'll see it. Right? The, yeah. the toys will start coming out, and you know, yeah. an animated series and so on. But yeah, I mean, it, it is the quintessential Christmas ad because they've got more than one Christmas to build it up, right? That's they, well, yeah, exactly. The
1: years and years of, of, of equity built up, but but time.
0: ultimately, right? The great story about not doing new ads because, and I think this is an actual data point. Four out of five new campaigns aren't as good as the one they replaced. Yes. Now, that might be just the time factor, but that's a meaningful factor nonetheless, right? If it's new. Well, you
1: reminded me of something I usually do in pitches, which is I say, I'll save you half your marketing budget overnight. And they're like, well, how can you do that? I said, well, because on my database, I'll tell you which half your ads aren't working, which half Mm -hmm. are, and just run the ones that are, right? Don't have to produce anything new. Mind-boggling, you know, yeah. I know, but but you can sense a disappointment. No, I've, ju- I've just served that, up hey, some really good oof. news, and the and the
0: disappointment writ large. Going, well, I'm not going to make a new ads now. You see, it's- you see your podcast seat. It's like most marketing podcasts are so full of cock and nonsense and pointlessness. <laughs> but that point just there, that's better than any point. Do it again. Say it again. So you're saying okay, that. Right. So I tell because wait, wait, listener, okay. listener, listen to me. You've, you'd all listen to these podcasts, listener. And what you get is essentially no added insight, and just two, usually two blokes, unfortunate like this, talking to each other and not adding any value at all, right? Well, John just dropped there in a very sort of, you know, casual fashion. He's like a real a double humdinger in my opinion. Just go, do it. There you do go. It, All it, right. Do it so, in slow motion. Okay. Here's the thing. So uh, I can go to
1: any. You can av- go, with your client. go into client. into to client. Any advertiser you want to mention, and i t- and I'll say I'll tell you which fifty percent of your ads are doing nothing for your brand in the long term. And which ones are. And you could now take the ones that work and you could air them, not have to produce another ads, and you could optimise you your uh, creative ESOV so overnight. Wait, so, so, that's the, right. so
0: that's the first of the two big yeah. points, right? The first killer point is literally by doing less and doubling down with the media on the creative that does more. Just your media decision. Which creative do you put on air? We can tell you because we've tested it all.
1: Which creative put on air and which not? Just optimising that, and the impact would generally be a
0: if you could put a bullshit effectiveness maximised like.
1: Well, let's let's say okay, let's pretend it's one star, one star over all the testing we've done with the IPA going back to the database or that sort of thing would
0: equate to about a percent of market share on average. So you're saying if I kill your threes and, yeah. and you just use your fives, yeah. it's worth a couple of percentage points of market share. I'm saying that. Holy smokes! Now yeah. that's that's yeah. only point one. Yeah. The second point you made was having delivered this. I can give you two points of market share from your existing budget. You don't have to do anything except listen to That's me, it, right? The second point is when you deliver this incredible insight with provable data to back you up, the reaction of the marketing team is, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. We're not going to be making another ad now. Not, oh, shit. You're a genius, John. Yeah. Woohoo. Yeah. Yes. Drinks all round. You can see this like look oh, of stunned, shit. like,
1: what does this mean? Am I I'm out of a job?
0: Yeah. Oh shit, this fucker is going to stop me making more ads and having
1: fun with agencies. But I tell you what, I actually did do this as a CMO in a real job, right? Previously, with this data. And I tell you what exactly what happened. I, I said to that, I, I better not say who it was. I said to the, the team, right? Um, unless your new ad is better than last year's ad, you're not gonna make it. And they're like, oh okay well we better go and test last year's ad last year's ad 5.6 star it was the best ad in the category and 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 so why bother they they said but they're quite young they were going but we haven't made a tv ad before we want it we want the you we want the be able to put it on our cv and then they said what are we going to tell our customers and i said (laughs) let me tell you what you'll tell your customers you already have the best ad in the category that already is going to drive market share. And you go to Tesco and go, I want Gondoran number one. And all those idiots making their new ads that haven't proven themselves, they can have the rubbish ones, right?
0: brilliant. And they're still disappointed.
1: And they're still disappointed, right? Because they're like, yeah, but what what, what do I put down in my PDP for next year? Because I wanted to learn how to make an ad. I said, because you put the business first and that should get you promoted above anything. Because you, you made a decision against your own, you know. Personal development plan, but it was the right thing for the business. That's far more credible in a boardroom than look at my new ad. That's which fun. oh, that was that's not as good as the one we did last year. That's not going to have a great look, is it?
0: But it doesn't matter because we got to make a new ad. And well, I know. Like, you here know, we go again. Exactly. Right? You know, and that, the pro- that's yeah. fascinating. I say so it's fascinating.
1: The trouble is, of course, most CMOs are fired every 18 months, right? So the problem is all this institutional well, – knowledge this is where the database comes in, right? Because all this knowledge just goes out the door and then a new person comes Someone in. Someone comes in with a let's new make, vision add, and a new agency. I've got my agency. Brand, yeah. I've got a new vision. Let's let's reposition and off we go.
0: I've seen a couple of times senior marketer, CMO come in and go, there's not, there's not much broken here. Keep the campaign. It's working. Do this, do that. And you think, yeah, you're a smart one. Do you know what I mean?
1: I saw it once recently. Now, it was um, Hotels.com. Captain, or Ob- was it Captain Obvious? I think in America. Yeah, I know. What the they campaign. they actually changed creative agencies. The new creative agency kept the campaign. Kept the campaign. And I was like, bloody well done! Very I mean, that that. Yeah. that you know you're getting good advice. Now, if I mean, an agency does that, you know. Well, I would say
0: to you, and I'm sorry to be cynical, no agency on earth would do that. I suspect the client. Mm, oh, yeah, true. I mean, if the agency, if the agency really, did that, I would pay them double. If the agency said, we like this work, yeah. we'd like to keep going with it, you, you'd love that agency. Yeah. But I'll bet you the client went, you know, when they do the pitch and they go, blah, blah, blah. We want this, we want that. Oh, and also some of the some of the other points at the end on the backslide, don't change Captain Obvious. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the first rule. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Okay, here's, here's the other challenge you get in this situation. <clears throat> I've been in a situation, five-star ad, go back and share the results with the creative agency, disappointment.
0: Right?
1: And, and I'll tell you why, right? And I've had this from a CEO of an ad agency who said, John, the problem is we won't get a brief next year because it's too good and i said okay that means that means your remuneration uh, agreement with wrong. me is totally wrong i will pay you three times the fee to make a five star ad That's because i'll right. drive market share you can have a cut of the upside. I way. We won't waste our time. <laughs> yeah. You can go and pitch to someone else. Very good. Or do you know what's even better? I will give you my next brand and go do a five star on that one, and then that one, and then that one. And by the way, you'll be loved in this company forever, and you'll be iconic, and you know, use that on, on your creds, and off you go. Something. But it's the, the the incentives in the you know in our industry are just stacked in the wrong. Well, well
0: in, in, the in wrong marketing way. world, we just say it's product oriented, right? You're you're attracted to making products not necessarily satisfying the ultimate customers, that's a byproduct of it. What I really want to do is make lots of this stuff, which my opinion, I like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the great irony is there's an enormous amount of product orientation at the very heart of the marketing industry, yeah, which is a mind-boggling thought. Yeah.
1: Should we get into the best ads of the year? Yeah, Let's let's count them down. Yeah, exactly. Right, so what we've done, uh, we've scoured the database. This is the UK database. We we test uh, 95% of all ads that go on air. We don't do government and a few other little bits and pieces. And you're
0: still pre-testing for clients as well? We
1: do. Yeah, we do two things. So um, we do do a full diagnostics, guidance, advice for clients who want to optimise their ads, and then we provide access to a database where we have a live feed of all their competitors. So, I don't know, if you're... Uh, Adidas is one of our clients, right? So they get a feed of all the Nike ads when they go on air, get the feed in and we test them and we send them the results so they,
0: they know where they're So are. that's a beautiful thing, talking about product orientation and market orientation. Again, competitors looking at another competitor's ad and forming conclusions is pretty much the dumbest thing you'll ever <laughs> do, right? But getting data for how the target market perceived the ad in real time. Yeah. Is a really different thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't trust a brand manager to rate their own ads or the ads of their rivals because they're too caught up in the industry, right? Yeah, and I've had that experience myself and I've got too in deep with a client,
1: right? We did you, you, you do, you do. You get too close. I mean, the other good thing, going back to our previous comment about just change your mix, right? We, you could probably take an average advertiser against a great advertiser and beat them purely because the, no one makes good ads all the time. Very few, maybe Yorkshire Tea. Audi potentially. There's it a handful, but yeah, most yeah. people don't, right? So um, you can take an advertiser that sometimes does great work that might spend a small amount on it, but mostly does average work. And as an average advertiser, you could beat them simply by understanding your data, working out what you do well
0: and optimising the shit out of it. And if we talked, not financial subs, but percentiles, for a decent-sized national campaign, the fee to do the system one test, at least it's turning yeah. into an advertising, yeah, yeah. Uh, advertorial for you, but I'm, I'm interested <laughs> in this. It would be what, 5%, it wouldn't even be 5%. Oh, oh less than one. I mean, yeah. I mean, talking, six, well, six grand for a test, let's say. Well, you'll get the numbers yeah. out now. Okay. Yeah. Right.
1: Yes, exactly. Oh, one of them, yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
0: yeah so if it's six grand for a test. So we're talking about an average agency spend, let's say, four 500 grand and yep. above, right? Yeah. For six grand, you can effectively beat Better, bigger players just yep. by being smarter and spending six grand on research. There you go.
1: And for thirty grand, you can get every ad that ever aired in your category.
0: And for thirty-five grand, you get that, <laughs> and you come around and wash their cars every week. There weekend. you go.
1: You know, what, you know what I'm doing the weekend.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Hey, no, I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm sold on Okay, right. Here top, we go. Uh, top five. Top, then, top eh? five. All right.
1: So let's. Uh, so these are uh, system one database UK. Uh, so we're probably talking twenty thousand ads in a number five. Uh, a very well-known advertiser. Oh, and
0: we should add to, for our listeners. Because I live in Australia most of the time, I have no idea about any of these so, ads. So,
1: to help you out, Mark, we're going to play the ads. Thank God and for that. So, and as we're on video now as well, we'll be able to see the ads, and apologies if you're listening, but hopefully you'll get the idea.
0: Well, thank God for that, because otherwise I would have had to have bullshitted about ads that I hadn't even there seen once. There you go. Once. This could be fun, though, right? So, here we go. In at number
1: five, Cadbury, with this very short ad. This, this is only is Only 10 seconds. Wowzers. Now... There's almost no five-star ads on our database that are 10 seconds. The, oh, here's an interesting stat, right? So we have looked at 80,000 ads at the length, at the average star score. Statistically, the best length for an ad is 30 seconds. So it's
0: kind of a coincidence.
1: Yeah, though. I know. Funny, it's always like Les revealing with Meta. I've gone and looked at three thousand five hundred <laughs> yeah. ads. Oh, it's sixty percent. You know, which is handy for him, of course. But um, <laughs> anyway, so we, we, we've looked at it, and um, th- th- this is the case against doing your big sixty, ninety, and all that kind of thing. So you get a peak at thirty average star rating. I think is about two point seven. Uh, it drops at 20, drops at 10, but it also drops at 40, at 60, and, and 90, and so on. And that's so not it's, it's like a,
0: the extra cost of your 60 or your 90. You just say. Well,
1: you put the media cost in, you just wouldn't go there, right? Unless you were bags of money, or the idea depended on it. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. So, so there we go. We've got that. Cabaret, okay. This, this is Cabaret. 10 seconds. I better pay attention. Yeah, I was going to say. It'll be blink over and before, you'll yeah. miss yeah. it, right? Dad. Well done
0: for tidying your shed.
1: New Capri Dark Milk Ice Cream, ice cream for grown-ups.
0: I have to say that makes me quite emotional because I've got a daughter that age, and um, that's lovely. That's I mean, lovely. It's
1: quite astonishing that in you've got a beautiful connection between two people that we can all relate to. You've got a product shot, and then you've got a very simple end frame. I mean, see, th- this is this is Brilliant. another interesting thing. You, you look at we'll maybe talk later about can you look at the extravagance that gets spent on advertising, and then you look at that 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 would have knocked that would have cost. That's got to be less than hundred grand. Well, just I mean, a, it's probably it's I don't know. just
0: a bloke with a shed, yeah, and a child actor. One, he lo- one location, say he
1: doesn't, does he? One location, two actors, one idea, five point six star, well, and better than that as well. Spike <laughs> rating. So spike rating one would be average. Activation max would be about 1.7, 1.44. But what's great about this is ninety five percent of people that saw the ad correctly
0: attributed the brand as Cadbury I in mean, ten seconds. The magical purple helps, right? Yeah, we have to give a shout out to the Cadbury Gang. Um, they won the 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 Grand Fe this year, not the Grand. The, what do we call it in England? The IPA Gold. The IPA Gold Fe, yeah, yeah the effectiveness, big FE, yeah, the big one. Yeah. And I think they deserve it. And, and I think it's a story of time. Yeah, um, it's two stories. It's a story of a team that's been there a long time. So if you look at it, it's mostly women who've been committed to that brand for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, right? And there's something in that longevity that we don't see very often. The other thing is, I think it illustrates nicely something I've been talking about a lot, which is Cadbury, as we know, Cadbury have this sort of patchy history via Mondelez of tax, you know, not because they're doing anything illegal, but because they're pushing generosity. And yet, mm. in years gone by, they've not paid any tax in the UK. And that, from people like me, was a big source of annoyance. Yeah. And I think I learned in the end to go, I'd still prefer if you paid more tax. <laughs> But for the consumer, if we're going to be market oriented, they, yeah. they don't give a shit. They don't. What they see is Cadbury, its history, the generosity, and it works. And I think marketing Twitter gets caught up in this. We, we had a big conversation about Brewdog, you know, being the anti FIFA sponsor. But at the same time, you know, they're still basically, you know, selling their beer to all kinds of World Cup events. But nobody cares. No one man. cares. Nobody no. cares. No one mo- mo- do thing. you know what most people took out of that ad? Football. Right, Most people just both saw
1: Qatar and saw football. They might have even thought they are a sponsor.
0: I think that's exactly the point, right? So I think what Cadbury have done here is they've illustrated, I mean, it's a single point of positioning, generosity, yeah? And yet, and it goes back to their history and their DNA, it really works in today's climate. It has that emotional charge. It does. Without it being, I mean, that's a small moment, right? I mean, me quite emotional because it's the sort of thing a dad wants, right? Yeah. And you don't get it very often in the real world, but you do get it occasionally, right? And I think that's the... the, um, I always talk about emotion with a small e. We tend to get a bit John Lewis, and you know what I mean, and the blind girl with the broken legs being adopted by the the man in the lighthouse. And it's like, this is... That's proper slice-of-life emotion. So... It surprises me that's only five, but I suppose it's a yeah. ten-second. It's, it's interesting,
1: actually, on the emotion. What well, there, there's you right about John Lewis because what that that kind of emotion slips into sadness, actually, and and what you what you want, what of course around the positioning of this brand is you want joy, you want uplift, and you want ha- you know you want happiness um, is the right kind of emotion to get
0: rather uh, yeah, um, than yeah, the sort you've of, you know, got an ice cream at the end of the overly day, overly sen- right? yeah, yeah, you don't want to be, yeah, you don't want to be yeah. Leaving them in a miserable place, and in fact, his reaction—if you looked at it—was was very kind of smiley, happy, mm, almost exactly. incongruous, right?
1: Now, there's another benefit of Cadbury, not to not to undermine the achievement because it's amazing. Um, what we also noticed in System One database, going back to the Sav point, is there's about a two star difference in the average performance based on category. So now it's partly the category itself, partly the quality that goes into the category. So on the mm. bottom end, so you count that as an ice cream ad, would you? Yes. And ice cream is is second in performance overall behind pets. Right? So right? yeah, your shortcut to a good ad, listeners, people watching, put Shoot. a dog in the ad, you yeah. know, right? But after that, ice cream would be next
0: on the it's it's like the old MPS days. You know what I mean? I work for brands where an MPS of plus fifteen either makes you the worst brand in the world or the best brand in the world. It just depends what category you're in. Yeah. And not because of competitors. I worked for a funeral home once that did MPS. And not surprisingly, it's a category where if you got a you know if you got a minus fifteen, you were the champion of the funeral home category. Do you know what I mean? Wow. So it wasn't a competitor thing; it was a category-driven wow. thing. Do you know what I mean? Some categories I guess a
1: politician would love minus fifteen at the moment. <laughs>
0: but most of the British
1: ones would. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so that's number five. We We've got Cadbury. So move, moving on to moving on to number four, and I'm pleased to say, a System One client we help with this one is Kellogg's. Uh, another staple brand,
0: and not a brand we talk about as much,
1: perhaps no as we should right? no, here we go. <laughs> We do breakfast.
0: It's a great line at the end. I've never seen that one. That's brilliant. It's right? a very
1: good line. Rooted in the category, owning the category, very, very obvious where it is. Lots of interaction between people, happiness. The killer for me, I think it's the soundtrack. That soundtrack is doing a lot of good work on that. Just, just lifting your feelings about what you're watching. Being and, a bit and very, very well branding. If you look at the fluency, sorry, people won't be able to see this, but if you look at the fluency, it's immediately obvious it's Kellogg's. From five seconds, right? You know exactly where you are, the brand, the occasion. It's immediately obvious.
0: So we should we should stop and just remind our our listeners, viewers, or whoever's out there, right? That w- that is the first challenge, right? First, they must know that it's you, and most ads up to the seventh or eighth, you know, eightieth percentile fail and fall at that first hurdle, right? They do, and. and I'll tell you a great story if you've got time job. Go. So I, many years ago when I was a professor at London Business School, I got this gig writing a monthly case study for the British Airways magazine. It's a long story, right? And it was a great gig because the exposure was fab. right? But the gift it gave me was I did it for about 18 months, back page of the BA magazine, my little picture and a little case study. So I would travel a lot in the LBS days all over the place. So I'd sit there in my seat, and in front of me would be seven or eight rows, right? And I'd I'd watch these people. And back then you didn't have your phones, right? So you'd be getting in that magazine. And they get to the back page. Here we go, here we go, here we go. And, you know, 99.9 times out of 100, they'd flick it over, glance at it for less than a second, close it, and put the magazine down. But it was such a gift to see your media in context because I was looking at my column for a few days. Oh, yeah, there's my picture? and. Well, it's going to be amazing and blah, blah, blah. I've read it five times. And that's the analogy. That's the gift you want to give marketers. They've seen their ad 55 times. They've looked at it in high definition, back and forward. They've tweaked the edit. And what they're missing is it goes out to people who are asleep and drunk and having sex and looking out the window. And the minute you see an ad in the wild, what you realize is, oh, I need to codify the fuck out of this, right? Without losing to Orlando's point, the narrative, you've somehow got to mesh those two together, which I think yeah. is what this That's ad exactly does. That's exactly what that
1: does. Now, number three mm-hmm. is the perfect example of not getting that right. Amazing ad, huh. very forgettable and, and hard to attribute. So but it still
0: scored highly, eh? It
1: still scored highly because they got the Orlando bit right, which is you know, show people, tell a good story, make you feel the good. The story
0: compensated it for works, the lack of fluency. Okay. But the fluency is poor. I'm looking so forward to this. Who is n- it?
1: Well, number three is go visit Turkey holy shit yeah go visit Turkey there we go let me show you this one now the fascinating thing about this is they would have thought they had codified the shit out of it when you see this right but they didn't here we go
0: That surprises me because that looks like an incredibly bog standard. Yeah. Relatively yeah. shit. Ad.
1: Any any tourism ads, right? It could be anywhere. I mean, uh, if you took yeah, Turkey, off give it, it a you'd hard
0: go, two out of five. Where
1: where where the hell is it,
0: right? We could put like go to Milton Keynes on that. Exactly, it would sort of make sense.
1: Now right? it shows you the power of the category, as in that category. This this is where we get back to our point of uh, relative uh, in the gotcha. category. Now we're going to come back to another another advertiser. Well, wait, let me. got me. this so, right. Let
0: me get this clear. Yeah, the category in this case has two relevance points. First. It's this isn't you know paint right. You're selling at holidays and vacations is imminently interesting, yeah. and also your comparative set is relatively shit house. Yeah, is that what you're saying? Correct. Yeah. And when did this one go out? Is it more of a winter? This th- I don't know when then, this one went if, out. Is this is scoring yeah. highly. This yeah. went out in March. Yeah. And you you know you're in your you're in your semi detached house in Hounslow. Well, we also found which is interesting is during lockdown,
1: emotional response to holidays went up. Because obviously, what what we're all missing Ooh, is, is we're missing. Basically, we desire what we can't have. Right, missing, and, and right? our
0: involvement goes. Yeah.
1: So, in recession, I, I'm down on money. I, I'm missing. You know, nostalgia Christmas it suddenly means more, doesn't it? Right. Same thing. COVID holidays. Right. You know, you're you making me name? sad
0: though because I have a client, a big client in travel, and during COVID, and and the. the the big big boss likes me but thought I was losing my marbles during COVID because I was like, You need to keep advertising on TV and you should advertise a virtual vacation as a 30s you know, take them to Rome, courtesy of your brand, and just keep reminding them that you'll do that again and, and here's a virtual holiday. And I, I sort of doubted myself in the end because he said, Mate, you're you're off your rocker there. But it would
1: have been It know, would have been awesome. Hey, we're going to come back to this. Actually, when we talk about the biggest advertisers of the year as well, there's another tourism brand coming up.
0: Right, so Go Turkey. Well, well done. I mean, well done because you've got into the top five. And also, I don't really know how. I mean, that's a magic trick, right?
1: I mean, what annoys me about this is, like, I hope Go Turkey listening because it would not take much to, think, to sort really this one good. out, right? So, I wonder
0: if the music maybe again to an yeah, earlier point. The right? music's
1: worth a star on this one, I reckon. Yeah. In yeah. fact, in fact, we can easily test with
0: them without music. To so literally, we could value the music. See, if I was Cadbury, I'd be well fucked off that I've just been beaten by Go <laughs> Turkey with that piece of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd been beaten by Turkey, literally, right? Cadbury and Kellogg's, you'd be like, oh, come
1: on. Well, I tell you what. Here's another tip for you, right? Um, so the other thing I suggest is now we, we've all been in that situation. You're making a big ad. The agency come in and they go, "We're going to have this very famous soundtrack. that's a hundred grand of usage fee, yeah. right? Now, usually, what you go, I can't, you know, I've only got half a million quid. No way I'm going to do that, right? What they should do, test it like this, with and without the soundtrack, and I'll tell you the market share gain of that soundtrack and whether it's worth getting Billy Ocean or whatever it is. I don't know, made that one up.
0: That's a very you know, good Billy Ocean. You? Billy, what well, Billy mean, Ocean? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, looking yeah. at Go Turkey. I think you're going to get tough. Though, tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're older than you look. Um, yeah. yeah, I like that point. And the other thing I would say is, and, and this is a technical experience I've had with clients. If you get that big spanking 200 grand soundtrack and you actually pay the money, the other implication is when the license runs out, you can't show the fucking ad anymore, Yeah, right? That yeah. happens a lot, Everyone right? makes that mistake. Everyone. They don't
1: go in perpetuity. Oh, I can't even say the word now. In
0: perpetuity. In perpetuity.
1: Uh, they go, oh, well, I won't be around in 12 months. And then that 12 months comes around pretty damn quick.
0: And if you look at some, and well, we t- talked about it with the Guinness, I-, I talked about it years ago in a column about the, you know, the infamous Guinness Surfers ad, which I never actually liked that much. But I called it the long, 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 long of it. That ad's been played more since its TV airing on YouTube and elsewhere than it ever was on TV because totally. it was so praised, right? Yeah. It, it can't have that if it yeah. had an Elvis soundtrack on the back, no. right? Have and I, I actually, that is an average ad on
1: the day space. It's an average Guinness ad. Is that right? It is. It's only average. Ooh, that makes me happy because I've yeah. always because no, it's average. Did you say yeah.
0: Guinness surfers, right? Any advertising creative like loses their yeah, box, right? They do. And um, I never I came out at the time I was drinking a lot of kidneys, <laughs> funnily enough, and I just never rated it. I like the, the Rutger Hauer stuff. We oh, yeah, are really showing our age now much, much more. Anyway, all right. That's
1: yeah, okay. We're going to number two. Now, number two, uh, interesting um, go uh, Greece. one at this. Yeah, go Greece. Yeah, well, that'd be good. Okay, in number two, we have got Samsung. And the reason I say this interesting is because very good advertiser, um, but a category... That bad doesn't do good advertising. This
0: is handsets and the um,
1: handsets. Yeah. The money spent in this category yes, is yes, insane. Yes. It all looks the same. It's a bit like car advertising. It's it like totally the same spot in South Africa, the same corner. Cheeky millennials yeah, dancing exactly. and singing in you the town it. square. You got it. Right. This, this, this suffers the same problem. What I love about this is Samsung actually are the proud owners of the best ad in this category on our database. The flying ostrich. I don't even remember that from years ago. That ostrich a with a VR yeah. headset, yeah. right? Absolutely frigging brilliant. They demonstrated the product benefit in a really kind of you know, emotive way. They're back at their game. Now, this is interesting because I think this is a candidate for long and short together as okay. well. Product okay. launch, but done yeah. in a very good way. Selling the product and right?
0: doing the Samsung brand yeah. a bit of good. Strutting your way into my heart. Take your head
1: off, make yourself at home. Have a sleeve night. strut on home. Day one. I'm a lovely strut. Day two. I'm a lovely strut. Day three. I'm a loving strut. Guess what? I'm a loving
0: strut. I like your strut. Do you want to go strutting the strut? You like my strut. Do you want to go strutting the strut? You like my strut. Let's go strutting
1: the right now. Now, they've borrowed the number one system one tip, which is put a pet in your ad. To be put fair, three so, put head. three pets in your ad. It's a bit like the soundtrack, isn't it? They've gone soundtrack, gone pets. Funky soundtrack. You know. But what they have done is put the products at the heart of it and the product idea of the flip phone comes through as well. So I think it's quite a – and I think, let me just check the other scores, very, very high spike. But In fact, this is the highest short-term response of any of the top five and
0: 95% branding as well. And fluency is good? Yeah, 95%. So it's interesting, right? I mean, my main thought on this one is is, – and maybe I'm being unfair, but it, it is also a crap product, right? I mean, I think it's a crap product with nowhere to go. So they've really done well there, by as you say, they've put the they've put the product in the centre of it in an actually interesting and attractive way, which is always sounds obvious, but it's good. I think you see around the edges what a great creative agency can do. So that choice of soundtrack, right? Which who knows what it is? It'd be some weird thing, but they they've done they've matched that with just perfect art direction with the pets, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean. You're kind of like me, right? My big disappointment is when I say to clients, you know, you want to have a jingle, that's what you need. Yeah. You're saying, you know, put a dog or a cat in it. That's yeah. what you want to do. Mate. Well, the thing, the things we say time and time again. You have know, a dog. Have, yeah,
1: exactly. Or have a character. Or, or even like, um, I mean, another Orlando looking at the number of award winners that use as equals and fluent devices or characters has gone down, I think, from about forty percent down to about ten.
0: Even though we now even know even though the evidence
1: is really screen- and and you look jingle, at those that do it, fluid device,
0: yeah, you're done, meerkats,
1: right? right? Look at meerkat. I mean, there's so much evidence out there, but it's, it's is just that right? it's gone not down, gone, Yeah, he's got the data on it. It's consistently down. Same with
0: humor, right? So yeah, humor's humor, done the same. Humor's yeah. a brilliant, effective tool. It's the ultimate emotion. It's less and less and less. There you go. It's funny. It is a funny It's old funny, world, isn't, it? isn't it? Despite the evidence. So if we could do it right now, Frankenstein's monster, right? For campaign, <laughs> yes. We'd have a dog yeah. playing with a, f- a fluid device, yeah. right? So the dog will be separate yeah. from the device, right? Yeah. So the dog is playing with Jingo, the, the magic frisbee, whatever, <laughs> and they're having a joke and there's a big laugh at the end and there's a great soundtrack. Pumping soundtrack. Which ends yeah. with a jingle. That's it, yeah. Done. And it's okay. set in Turkey. This, it's set
1: in Turkey. This time next year, ladies and gentlemen, this will be number one. Like, you can set it as your mini MBA case study. Right. So, okay. So don't you the got course, tw- 24 you hours need. to is, go and make this ad. I said, don't any course.
0: This is what you need. you need an ad set in Turkey <laughs> with a dog, a character, and some Elvis Costello music. Done. There we go. Thank you very Simple. much. Give me 1500. There we go. Right.
1: Okay. So we're getting to number one. I, I was surprised. This is a little surprised, but see what you think about this one.
0: We'd been together for a long time, Millie and me, and I figured it's probably time to ask the question. I wanted it to be really special, so I thought, have a florist deliver some beautiful flowers with a special message and just make it really memorable.
1: Will you get a dog with me? (laughs) Yes. Share
0: something real with a beautiful bouquet and craft it and hand by your local interfloor. It's true, man. There's yeah. our ad, right? <laughs> That's pretty much, you put the dog in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the dog thing's blowing me the away. Do- the, dog, the dog thing's a thing, isn't it?
1: Although, to be fair, if you're in pet care, average score in pet care is 3.6 star is your table stakes, right? So I'm not saying these these are pet care ads, but it does show the power. Our relationship with pets is very powerful. It's very, very emotive. You know, it captures our attention. It's why a lot of characters are, dog- Churchill the dog, you've got Mick, you know. The animals as characters are, are a
0: very, very smart move. It's very interesting, John, because right? I'm hugely opposed to tactical stuff. Not opposed to it, but I, I'm not interested in it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't. I always say to my the guys I teach, you know, when the agencies arrive, I, I'm literally coming out the revolving door. Right? The strategy work's done and off they go. But there is in this in your work these immediate tactical lessons. And you don't really need to know why a dog works. It's brainless, right? It's just a dog works, put it in your ad. And so, you would you would you would yeah. get a percentage point of market share, yeah. right? Yeah. But they most of our Listeners work in industries where that would be frowned upon. Correct, because an agency will. I love. You
1: that's know, why. That's why I need the data, right? Because you sat in the boardroom going, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna create this talking penguin that does a dance to a soundtrack and talks about our brand," right? And you'd be laughed out of the
0: room. But that's why you got the data, right? Do so you make the do you rational case if it. you show that to an agency, which you know, because you really clients shouldn't be getting involved in the nuts of you know, I want a penguin and I want a puppy and all that. But with this data, we would get involved in it, right? So, totally. So, are you showing? Yeah. Are you sharing this with agencies? Hundred percent.
1: So, this is the secret. This is the secret source, actually, for agencies, right? So, what I often say is, I will guarantee you a pitch win next time. Though. How can you do that? I said, well, as a client, no agency ever turned up pitched and said, we've gone and tested this and here's the score that correlates to your market share and you can take to your board tomorrow and get this signed off. And that's in the six grand range. That's in the six grand, right? Fuck if me. you do that as an agency, you are home and host, right? Oh no
0: shit. Yeah. For six grand, you could just win You win pitches. pitches, yeah, exactly. Fucking hell.
1: Yeah, in fact, I, I, in fact, it's quite funny actually, about three years ago, I just started working system one, bumped into a former agency, an agency of mine, one of the founders, and he it, i i just made a bit of a brag i said oh when are you your next pitch mate and he said how are you going to do that then i said the same i said just said to you he, and he said he forty he was pitching for a global airline 48 hours later and he said he phoned me up and said you're on here's the stimulus go and i said well you've got to have a good ad by the way <laughs> you know, there's no good There's, also, you know, there's also you've got to have a good ad it's a small yes, you know a small yes. point as it happens right it was a four star idea. It wasn't finished. They they got it into they got it into like
0: so a, you can run a like a so draft we can run route. it we can run a draft right
1: and, and we can I mean if we want to we can also adjust for the stimulus so we can go you know there's usually a star point difference between an early stage rough cut you know or a script or whatever and a finished film right but in this case actually it got a four star even at that stage now the interesting thing was they had two ideas right one idea met the brief from the airline and the budget the second idea they wanted to pitch in three times the production cost, blew the budget out of the water, and they said, how do we sell this in? I said, I'll sell it in for you. I tested it. Extra two stars. The other idea was two star. That was four stars. I said, the market share alone has just paid for that production, and they got the production signed off. Three times the budget that the client walked in for, because they had the evidence, right? It,
0: it does sound like I'm like I'm doing some kind of advertorial for System One. Like, I mean, really, John? That's amazing <laughs> yes. value! What an incredible value! Tell <laughs> tell the listeners again. Sign up here. Yeah, what, what a great value <laughs> offer! But I'm genuinely blown away. But I mean, I always like your data. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You were always been kind enough to send it to me. But you start thinking about how you can use it. It's it's yeah. mind-boggling, and I yeah. I'm not a fan of pre-testing. You know, I sort of go. I, but,
1: I, I'm not. I wasn't either. Actually, I, I I would spend four weeks in qual groups you know, people dissecting my ad. And then I mean, uh, the, the worst story I had was um, uh, working on a big energy drink, right? I had, like, world-famous Hollywood director mm. lined up mm. ready, right? I mean, someone I think is just amazing, mm. right? But I'd agreed with my team that they could pre-test, but in qual in groups, right, not even quantitatively. They took four weeks. I lost the deal with the director. And the director I ended up with, nowhere near the mm. same quality i was gutted all right? for a
0: load of bollocks and as well, it came
1: it? back and said well this well that and, and you, know, you know qualitative research is like you just get a bit of this and a bit of that and and it ends up saying the original idea was fine right that but the difference the director would have made with the treatment the production the way it was done, done that would have been worth any bit of research so i mean for but this is where the system one thing came in because at the next time i then met system one actually after this experience right and then um I'm like, what, 24 hours? And I can get a quantitative? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? I can put seven ideas into test, and the next morning know which one to do. And then and then I went straight to the boardroom. And I remember the CEO at the time going, before I give you the money, John, right, I want you to guarantee me this is a success. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, we're marketers. We know there's no guarantees and the sun might shine and it might rain, whatever. Competitors might do this, whatever. You know that. Come on. You know, they might put their prices up yeah, and down. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, come on. We're, we're, you know, you can't. Allocate the impact to advertising. And then I met the guys at System One, uh, John, the founder. And, and I said, Are you sure you can correlate this to predictive market share? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me show you how. So thought, that's amazing. I said, Can you come to my board meeting next week? Because I'm always going, We should do this, and here's why. You go in and go, And here's the data.
0: And this is how much it was. And here's
1: the market share. And they're all going, Oh, Kate, you know, our KPI is, you know, to grow market share off percent or whatever it was that year. Everyone's going, bonus lights are going. You can see, you can see around the room going, Oh, and what was, i tell you the, the mm. best bit of the story. So we had the, we had the board meeting, right? Uh, hour, went an hour and a half my slot was to sell this idea in. I basically got John to do the presentation. Here's the data, here's the science, whatever. And the CFO was like, I never knew marketing could be accountable. And, yeah. and, and it, was like, it was like this dawning realisation going, oh, I can measure marketing now. Can I like, like this investment? This is yeah. lots of millions. This was big, big millions, right? And then what was really funny, the best bit, right? So a week later, we're trying to work out how do we get into our bonus that year? How, you know, and we're having a tough year for other reasons, right? And we had to make some budget cuts. CFO says... The last budget we are cutting, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Now, you know this, right? The marketer, biggest budget in the company. Where does everyone go first? So, okay, let's go to John's marketing budget. Let's let you take it for the team. And the rest can, of us will just sit here kind of like because, almost playing poker. Because
0: know? it's seen by almost everyone as a cost. I mean, the cliche it's is... It's discretionary.
1: Crazy. It's a cost.
0: Yeah. We, we, you know, we've given you that money because we thought we had to, yeah. but we'll take it off you if we need it because we yeah. don't associate it with any upside yeah. until you start having Until you've
1: got the data, yeah.
0: right. Yeah, very impressive. It, it
1: turns it on its head.
0: So did you tell into flora this news yet have you let them know this that-
1: is breaking news we're break- we're breaking the news wow. now
0: right and again you know i mean it's a good ad, i mean it's a good ad short and long right both mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: don't think it's branded. This is this is the weakness in that ad, right? See, this is uh, where if you're this, into
0: flora, you kind of this is, all this right, is the, yeah. well,
1: this is the problem with this is because the, they're category leaders, right? So they'll get the benefit. This is this is the problem as when you're doing your marking your own homework. You're looking and going, Of course I know the brands, right? Yeah. This is why you've got to go to consumers, because even though you've said it three times, like we saw with Turkey, consumers don't get it. You have to be open and this is where fluent devices are genius. Because if you've got a fluent device, Kevin the Carrot, Churchill the Dog, etc. People know who you are. You don't need to say who you are. People just know who you are. Mm. And that's the power of long-term doing things consistently, building up that equity over time. Absolutely important. Yeah, they got it. Well, well done, Interflora. Now, what I thought I'd do as well, let me tell you the top five advertisers. We've just gone through oh, the yes. – uh, okay, so this, they're the, the top five spots, as it were, that appeared on the – Executions. Yeah. But I think it's good to recognize So
0: you've accumulated all the scores.
1: Exactly. So we've got we you know we've got every campaign that airs so we can look at the average per advertiser overall right so we can how consistently good are they okay so we can we can Okay are so here, 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 here we're going to go here we're going to go top 5 again so number 5 beer Moretti Is that right? It is. Now they only had I think two campaigns so it's on yeah. a small base and they got a good result four star right so could be, could be what now. Interestingly, with beer Moretti, back to the point. As you remember the ad, it's got like bottles of beer Moretti being, you know, slung down a clothesline in a beautiful Italian yeah, kind of town you know, square. Advertising, it's yeah. beautifully shot, right? Despite the product being on in almost every scene, fluency fifty percent. Which I thought was fascinating because I guess it's it's, it's it, not it, a distinctive. It's, it's not distinctive either, though. Really, no. you
0: think about Moretti, it's it's there.
1: perfectly category generic in a way. Makes, it like, gets
0: mixed up with Peroni all mm, the time. Mm. Yeah, interesting. But yeah, not
1: not a sin of the ad per se. Yeah. a sin of the product itself. That's right. Exactly. Number four, going back to our uh, going back to our ice cream from Cadbury, Hagen Das. But again, what they're doing is category they, they, they consistently do four star. It's a bit like having a pet in your ad. It's like we're going to show you the we're going to show you the ice cream. We're going to show it being stirred yeah. very slowly. Beautiful music. Beautiful people. You know, it's it's doing the category a lot of heavy lifting. I mean, it just makes you think
0: and feel ice cream. I've always found that Hagen Ben & Jerry's rivalry, which goes back about 40 years, is fascinating. If you ever look into the story, this is a made up name, right? it's a made-up name, right? It completely means nothing in any language. And, I, it, it, of course, it has a storied history, right, as being one of the I – mean, it was Hegerty worked on it back in the day when they were doing the uh, Melt Together campaign, early 90s. And from then onwards, it's really been a high high achiever. So it doesn't surprise yeah. me they're there. I'm glad they're still investing in it because I felt for a while it yeah. sagged for a while. It did it did, I mean it did seem to go away for a bit, didn't it? And uh, you've got and it's special I'm, in the UK. US it's not a special brand. I think the price premium is still protected from advertising that was done 30, 40 years ago. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's a classic example of being able to charge more yeah. because you built a great yeah. brand. Really good you know? point. Really good
1: point. Now sticking with the theme, so beating it uh, is magnum. Yes. Actually, which I think does a better job, right? Because Magnum averaged four point five star, almost half a star ahead, and a, and a, is an interesting one in the top uh, top uh, five advertisers because it features older people, which is really unusual. I don't know if you remember this. It, it's it's get old or get classic. It's oh yeah, ads. yeah. Beautifully probably. shot, glamorous. But it's people probably in their 60s and 70s enjoying themselves, having fun. I mean, we did a, we've done a lot of work on diversity at System 1 and how to tell people's stories really well. And one of the reports we launched recently called Wise Up is how to show older people in advertising effectively. It's, it's interesting, not just for
0: pensions. Exactly. Things,
1: right? Well, they, you got it, right, in one, right? This is the thing, right? We went tested advertising with older people. What we found is they don't want to feel <laughs> seen, right? They're like, don't put me on that ad, you know. Um, that was the first thing. Um, but they want to be shown in a smarter light. Because basically you've got this lonely old man, you've got the kind of, you know, pensioners meeting up, you've got the saga holidays, right? They don't want that, right? They, they want to be seen as vibrant, young, enjoying themselves, clever. You know, the, 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 they're not the gag of the joke. They want to be making the joke, right? They, you know, they've there's yeah. loads of cultural references. There's, there's loads to go for So what I loved about the Magnum one is not only did it score well, but actually it's doing something, you know, we talk about purpose, but, it, you know, it's nice to see an older audience well not In a, non, in a know,
0: non-cliche. In a
1: non-cliche especially. way, yeah.
0: Yeah, and no, and brilliant. yeah,
1: so that was pretty good. So number two, we've already talked about them. Cadbury, average of four point seven. So Cadbury consistently do four star advertising, work. some five star advertising as well. But what's great is it's 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 every single year they're back out with some very good. And you get the execution. sense
0: they're just layering this sort of purple wall. Yeah, they're they're on a forty year mission now. Right, they've got it, haven't they? They have. It's interesting though because I'm sort of relieved, right? They were the IPA effectiveness winners this year. And your research is confirming it. I just wonder how they would do at Can with those acts. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I like, think I know the answer. I, I think yeah. I know the IPA yeah. effectiveness awards are a good measure. Make your choice. Yeah. 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 I think I trust system one data, but I wonder how many Can gold lions the work would get. And I suspect the answer yeah. would be zero. There's like this
1: Venn diagram actually between the kind of system one data set and the Cannes lion winners sort of thing. So how do, it,
0: they, it, how, do how do they perform when you look at the – the storied British can winners. Yeah. Are they also pretty effective?
1: Well, the uh, the breaking news is uh, we tested every British winner this year. In fact, we've done it for the last 10 years. Uh, to uh, go back 10 years... Well, I, I want to
0: pause and okay. enjoy this moment. Here we right? go. All right, here we go. I, I want to enjoy this moment because this is make or break for can, As you <laughs> know, probably, I've had a huge suspicion that can is a giant bag of cock right all for right. a long time so to the point where I, remember I wrote my most famous column of all time do you remember this
1: yes the blank column is the blank
0: column yes. where i see the, the title was something like here's everything marketers will learn this week at can and it was just an empty column back in the days when it was in a magazine and my editor really didn't want to run it and i almost forced him to do it but I might be wrong and you might be about well, to tell me. here
1: we go, Mark. Here we go. You were probably <clears throat> ahead of your time. I'll tell you for a while, right? So going, if you go back 10 years, and we've been tracking for 10 years now, um, Canline winners are four or five times more likely to be four and five star. And, and they scored on average above above norm, right? Going back 10 years ago. That's right? pretty good, right? Which is, which is decent. Well, and you, well, I mean, and you'd, you'd be happy with that, right?
0: I'd understand. corrected then, right?
1: Something happened a year ago. The last two years, the average Canline result is no different to the average on our database of all ads.
0: And, and you're talking about the gold, whatever they yeah. are the gold. So items, so so bronze,
1: are. silver, gold, titanium, overalls, whatever. If you take the average score, all those put together, the most awarded in the world. The answer is average. It's a bit like... Um, it's, it's bullshit I I, well, I I got into trouble with... I, I think I did a Marketing Week article where I said, do you know the um, random walk down Wall Street book where the guy yeah, goes... Yeah. It's like you could blindfold a chimpanzee, you could chuck a dart at the Wall Street Times, you right. pick a stock better than a stockbroker, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I started out with that story and go, well, it's a bit like that. I could, you know, randomly go through the system one database and pick a selection that it's matched. True. can, right? So that, you know, that was true. The, um, it's a very
0: good way of putting it, too.
1: The exceptions were, um, and rightly so, if you look at uh, the strategy winner, Cheetos, for example, uh, really, that was that was the one that got the highest system one score and got, I think, a gold as well. But they were they were outliers. So on average, most, most of the winners are one and two star.
0: And that's what, the last two
1: years? That's the last two years. Now, it won't surprise you. The reason is they all mostly over, over. Um, well, so you know what I was saying earlier? O- optimum length from a consumer point of view is 30 seconds, and after that you lose them. A lot of the can line winners are two, three, four minutes long. So Indulgent pick- wank is the there technical
0: go. word for that. There you, know.
1: you go. The second thing is they elicit negative emotions. So they're, they're, they're trying to shock you. Ooh, right? shock so you. Yes. There you go. Right? Polarizing. The, there you go. Right. Make
0: a point. And all Surprise the customer with something they are. don't like. There you go. In your four minute ad. Yeah, that sounds that's a, yeah it. Yeah. Anything else?
1: And <coughs> they're very activational. They're, they're, they're designed to create a, a, response, a disaster emergency appeal or something. You know, it's almost like that. It's, it's designed to shock you, create a response. Do now,
0: something immediately. That's
1: right. Now, I'm being very generic about it. But if you look at the types of winners and the scores. Also, I bet you, know, you,
0: not enough dogs.
1: That's right. There you go. And, all of these <laughs> and, and add, certainly not these happy sound The other you
0: schoolboy era, yeah. they're all filmed in places other than Turkey. Yeah. Also factor well, that in. We, we need we need there's a We'll move Cannes to Turkey.
1: Things. We're gonna will go to Bodrum, shall we? For Bodrum those? indeed. There we go. Bodrum. Bodrum
0: is. is the new can. Well
1: maybe we'll do an alternative in Bodrum. We'll get we'll get Turkey. Well, on board, you know, we, we, we
0: do this in Australia. We have cairns in cairns, right? So we do oh, I didn't know that. Cairns is our alternative can and we do it in April. And it's sort of I mean it when you get there, that's basically it. We just—it's just a conference where everybody gets drunk in the sun. But yeah, we've, we've been doing it for a while. But Bodrum is a European option. I think too. that
1: could be good. Cheap flights as
0: well. So is you—is your sense then? It's only the last two years. Before that, it was pretty good. B- Before that, it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's been. I, I, it
1: correlates with Peter Fields' work on the effectiveness of a creatively award awarded yeah right. you know, he's critical too he, right? he's done that thing over 10 i think he had a paper he, four or five years ago he the did. crisis in creativity right but,
0: but he was showing it going back that there was he was showing
1: issue. a tick up yeah we we we've seen it decline and flatten uh i suppose but it's flattened at average on the database so it'd be interesting to see i i mean you know people i've spoken to I, i'm encouraged by the kind of conversations that are happening so i I hope, well, a recession is going to, this is interesting, it's right. We're facing a recession. Mm. Marketing's got to justify itself. Mm. Going out to Cannes having rosé, not necessarily the best of look when you're under pressure. It'd be interesting to see if uh, what we I, see I think
0: you I think you overestimate the sensitivities of the marketing community, John. I think they'll be there drinking, you know, rosé with their bright red, rosy escape, faces.
1: Escape to the Côte d'Azur. Uh,
0: yeah, I think the, yeah. We'll 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 see. But I'm fascinated by that. Right, okay. So
1: let's go from can to can because that takes me actually to our number one advertiser on the System 1 database in 2022, which you know very well, Mm -hmm. Tourism Australia. Ah, Susan and the Mob. Susan and the Mob have played a blinder this year with their new campaign.
0: Now, I know this, but I'm going to give you a self-serving question anyway. And you worked with them on parts of this, didn't you? We
1: did, yeah. They are, I mean, they, they are obsessed with, with testing, tracking, improving. Uh, I mean, you know, Susan fires me questions all the time. They really do take it seriously and they've tested around the world. Because obviously, they're, well, they're, here's an interesting thing their audience is not Australians, right? I, so this I, is quite.
0: Susan's a bit of a friend of mine. And I, I remember they brought out this new campaign, which has obviously done well. And there was a general. Um, Meh response in Australia at best, and, and many uh, so-called experts were like, you know, is that the best we can do? A little kangaroo and all of that. And I was so I, I regret now not going harder on these people and saying market orientation by the by the fact you're in Sydney, mate, you're not in the market for Tourism Australia. Shut the fuck up, right? You're you know you 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 you've, you literally can't judge a Tourism Australia ad exactly, but you try and make that point, and you you know you're yeah. lost. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think Susan handled it very well. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's, it's very good. So, so overall, average Over, strong... Overall,
1: average 4.8, almost five-star oh. overall. And that, that's different executions. That's for the new across, campaign. That's, right? that's the new campaign this year, yeah. Exceptional, yeah,
0: across the whole year. And it's good news for us. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm biased as an Australian resident, albeit British citizen. Um, they've had a tough time, you know, with, with the implications of climate change and obviously with coronavirus like everyone else. I really, I'm really pleased for that team then because, as you say, they really are sh- scholars of marketing, and it's proof that the data, you know, why do we do research? Why do we test things? Because we learn, yeah. and when we learn, we get better, and when we get better, we evolve, and that cycle turns again. And I'm always stunned, John. I mean, y- y- you look at most marketers, they don't have to be that smart. What they have to be is, is market-oriented and data-driven, and then they just have to be ready to evolve and learn, right? And if you put that together over a 30, 40-year career, you're going to get to be good. you, do you know are. what I mean? Yeah. You, you, you know, but they're not market-oriented or they don't have the data or they're not prepared to learn. I think Susan is a good example who runs Tourism Australia of a woman that can do all of the above and is humble, you know, mm-hmm. but obviously very good. She, absolutely brilliant. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the, the learning you
1: get, like, you obviously got your mini MBA, listen to podcasts, there's plenty of books out there, there's plenty of ways in which you can learn and learn from the best. In ways it, it was, we just couldn't, you know, when we, when we were lads and growing it was up, it was, it was very different.
0: It's interesting though. I, I Just this morning I finished a 12-week a, a run of mini MBA with a class, right? And I, I sort of sign off by saying to them various things. But one of the things is don't do another course for a while. Become your own professor. And... and you know, you don't have to learn from from all these other people now. The best marketers can learn from themselves with a bit of data, make some mistakes, and I always say to them, the best thing you see in an annual marketing plan is the first slide, is these are our objectives from last year, and here's how we performed, and here's what we've learned. That's when you know you're in a good company, yeah. right? We're yeah. gonna start the loop. We're gonna start the new year with a loop back. This is what we've learned. Now let's go into this year with those learnings, right? And if you do that over forty years, you're going to become good. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Totally. But it, it, yeah, there's there's a there are there are barriers to that mm. that you get. But when you when you see it happening, like with Tourism Australia, right? When you see and and we said it earlier with Unilever, when you can learn and adjust, you, you're going to yeah, do all right. Exactly. And it's not expensive to
1: do, and the data's is available,
0: and the people at the experts are out there, and you can do your course at the end of the day. But there, there's something else, right? Which is if you look at technology, which we take entirely for granted, right? And you look at what you're able to do, right? Almost in real time now, right? I mean, even in my lifetime, not that old, in my fifties, but doing mall intercept research, it was a, you know, it was a 10, eleven week yeah. process, right? Literally doing the surveys and typing them out MOA. We can now do panel research in a day and a half. Hmm. You can in about the same amount of time. Um, average time? Yeah. Eight hours, 13 minutes. Eight hours, 13 minutes to get a representative sample of respondents? Yeah, representative sample
1: of respondents. that That's the average time from when we submit it to the survey to when yeah. it auto gives you the report uh, output on in your email. So you think and about that, right? A bit of briefing either side, so
0: maybe allow 24 hours, but yeah, you can right. do it overnight. Yeah, it's a day, right? Yeah, it's a day. you. And yet 99% of advertisers spending more than a million quid on advertising aren't really utilising this at all, right? And it's mind-boggling. It is. It's mind-boggling. So, yeah, I mean, it's time. Time is the resource, right? But I'm really – genuinely, I mean, I came on the podcast to have a chat with you and it's the end of the year. I'm going to get pissed later, I understand. (laughs) But genuinely, right, you look at what you're knocking out here and you just think, fuck system one, man. You know what I mean? The data's interesting. The insights are fantastic. You know what I mean, and it's yeah. it's replacing the world of I like this ad, mm, you like it too. That's it.
1: Well, we've all been in that situation where the chairman's like daughter likes the the ad, right? You know, we've all been there. Or, or your boss wants the pack shot up early, or yeah. wants more branding, or the agency are going, oh, don't tell us to put the brand up front again. All those fights. I mean. I've wasted so much time in arguments with creative agencies where you you literally waste weeks going. I want to go that way. They want to go this way. It's you just argue the ego over it right? Well, right? I know. And and with this, when I, when I did use it in my last job, I was like, look, let's just test it overnight. We'll solve this over a test, right? Honestly, let the consumer. And everybody decide. steps
0: back a little bit. They
1: step back, and then it's not me versus you. It's let you know. I, I, I remember actually, we were, we were on the energy drink again. Um, we come up with seven amazing ideas. I mean, they were just mm. it's the most creative like moment I've ever been in my career. Mm. They were on fire. And there was one particular idea that I was so like in love with. And I'd even cast myself in the lead role. I'd got that taken away. I'd got the accent down, I'd got the like the speech worked out. It'd be like a kind of too, opening a gladiator sort of way thing. You know? way too far yeah, I got story. well into danger so, like. signals, yeah. And I was imagining the different executions, the Picking social up an award and Exactly. And... and like, thank you very much. Good night. Anyway, the, what was yeah. interesting is when we tested it, it was the simplest idea, not the cleverest idea that everyone loved. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, they hadn't come on that two-hour journey with That's me right. while we have been sat around kind of, you know,
0: You'd been celebrating, yeah, cres- exactly. Crescendo of complex great. I needed to go out
1: and have a two-hour conversation with all my consumers to kind of bring them on the journey. You know, if they, you know, but but you, you got to start simple and get the idea across. And do they know who you are? Do they remember you? Do they get the idea? Start uh, th- with
0: that. This is what we do. Then you can get clever later. I-, I was talking to a group yesterday about exactly this point. Brands are, and you get pushback. Brands are little, little things. Yeah, right? they are. To marketers, they're not because it's your career and your pension. But to consumers, even consumers that like you, you're a tiny, unimportant fragment of their life, if you're lucky, right? Mm. And as soon as you get that, you manage brands better, you make better ads, you know? Mm. But if you think that, you know, people really care what your brand's stance on the death of the queen or coronavirus <laughs> is, you're insane. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. you're going to do yeah. shit marketing because you're, you're, ang- you're producing all of this stuff which yeah. isn't obvious, isn't going to resonate, and is going to have some highfaluting message that goes right over the heads of people that don't
1: give a shit. Well, yeah, we've also been there where the, the bosses on Twitter see some complaints about the brand. It's like, what are you going to do about it, John? And like, well, actually, I'm going to yes. talk to my audience,
0: my actual. This people. is a big point, right? Because we get these single data points off social media, and again, I always say they're not representative of the market. They're not even representative of the person making the post. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? They've probably changed yeah. their mind. But when we get those, I'll try and think of a polite word in a minute. But those those people from upstairs with C titles that come downstairs with a you know with an incredible insight for marketing from what they've just seen on Twitter, we're, we're fucked here. And I'll tell you something, when that happens, if you've got a shit marketing team that are doing bad work anyway, they don't care. They're like, yeah, our CEO thinks we should have this and said, wow, well, great, fantastic. They don't give a fuck. When you've got a good team that's got research, that's built a great campaign from strategy, and then the bozo comes down and says, I don't like that, do it that way. It It's soul-destroying. So if you can give me the data that says, hey, you know, sorry, sir, but, you know, that's lovely input, thank you, but uh, it's total bollocks. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is, again, a precious way to defend, not just because the ad needs to be protected in this case. I, I see what it does to a team when we work for – bozos up top that think they're marketing experts it's it's a problem in the uk it's a huge problem. it's a massive problem Austra- australia has a real problem oh there. really oh my god it's probably the i get that comment probably monthly from someone like what do we do when that happens and until this session i, I really don't have a response for them it's kind of like well you know go and find a company where there aren't bozos at the top mm. everyone's a brand manager
1: aren't
0: they? yeah i mean everyone's a brand manager and and that market orientation is a very subtle point yeah it takes a really exceptional marketer to get that point that i don't have any opinion because my opinion's useless right and from that point of humility we can do anything right we'll be great but this data is is the defence right it's the exactly amazing, amazing. right I'm blown away actually thanks anyway mate. i've got to go to well, turkey now you have got to go to turkey Yeah, we're going to put, shoot the dog yeah, so all <laughs> <You're laughs> right, you shoot the dog and I'll shoot you all That's right, a great we'll do that. What a great fucking Christmas ending. <laughs> we'll, that have, is.
1: we'll have can in boardroom. Yeah, you got, you got <laughs> limited celebrate. attention for the consumers. I've just <laughs> listened to a
0: podcast and shoot the dog shooting a fucking dog in Turkey. <laughs> so, there we go. Yeah, no, we'll we'll get the dog in there. A live dog, I hasten to add. Indeed. Well
1: as we always say at system one, end on a high. So uh... <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, Merry Christmas, mate. You too. Enjoy.
1: Thank you everyone for joining me. I hope you enjoyed that. As always, Mark was on form. Lots of pearls of wisdom in there and lots of opinion, of course, as you come to expect from Mark. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And if you want to follow me, please do subscribe. You can do that over where you get your podcasts or of course you can do it now on YouTube as well. So please do hit the subscribe button. I really appreciate it. And if you want to follow me, I'm over at Twitter at Uncensored I'm also on LinkedIn where you can find me as John Evans. Thank you so much and see you next time.